Coming up on Studios America, Glenn Beck's new bestseller, The Great Reset, changing minds and lives around the world. In just a little bit, he'll expand on the book with an hour-long commercial-free special. You don't want to miss it. We'll talk about uh, talk to Glenn about that coming up in just a minute. The Senate will vote tonight on a rules change, which goes to show that Chuck Schumer, like any modern Democrat, is really a sad masochist. And it, does it seem like Joe Biden is always late to the party with the wrong gift in hand? We'll take a look at all of his bad decisions that come too late as we do. Joe Biden, delayed reactionary. Stu does America. There's a lot of different definitions for the term reactionary, some of them political uh, in nature that don't really apply to Joe Biden. But there's also a management style a reactionary management style, someone who favors reaction rather as opposed to being proactive on a particular issue. And when I say that Joe Biden is a delayed reactionary, it's like he's late to the party, but he's always also reacting at the last possible second to that party. And it's just not something you want to do. You don't want a combination of those two things. Yet Joe Biden keeps bringing that to the table. He had a, in, I mean, an, I don't even think it's over now. He may still be talking an endless press conference today. And I will say I give him a little bit of credit for walking out there and taking a bunch of questions. I like when presidents do long press conferences because we learn things usually. Now, Joe Biden's press conference today was a little bit different than that. Here's let me just illustrate basically what it seemed like. Here we go. Oh, I'm so sorry. Listen, what you got to do is. You've got to put this hand up, okay? And you got to try and catch it, okay? All right, here we go. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know what we're going to do? Just tell me that you're ready. Are you ready? Yes. That's basically what happened over and over and over again. Howard Stern pelting a Joe Biden uh, lookalike uh, in the face with a frisbee. That's essentially what the entire press conference was. I, let me, if you think I'm joking here or exaggerating, let me give you Joe Biden trying to answer a question about whether he has outperformed his campaign promises. Inflation is up. Uh, your signature domestic legislation is stalled in Congress. In a few hours from now, the Senate, uh, an effort in the Senate to deal with voting rights and voting, uh, voting reform legislation is going to fail. COVID-19 is still taking the lives of 1,500 Americans every day, and the nation's divisions are just as raw as they were a year ago. Did you overpromise to the American public what you could achieve in your first year in office, and how do you plan to course correct going forward? Why are you such an optimist? Look, I didn't overpromise, and what I have probably uh, outperformed what anybody thought would happen. The fact of the matter is that uh, we're in a situation where... Uh, uh, we have made enormous progress. You barely. mentioned the number of deaths from COVID. Well, what? it was uh, three times that not long ago. No, it wasn't. It's coming down. Everything's changing. It's getting better. Okay. No, no, no person on earth, including Joe Biden, you can tell he doesn't even believe that he's outperformed and, and underpromised what he's uh, what he's done here. He overpromised. He said he was going to shut down the virus. And then he goes on to this explanation as if he's trying to justify his shutting down the virus nonsense by saying that deaths were three times as high, which is just not 
True. We're at 2,000 deaths a day, not 1,500, as the reporter mentioned. 2,000 deaths a day right now. We've never been at 6,000 deaths a day. Our peak average was something like 3,400. Um, and, you know, look, uh, this has been a complete catastrophe in every single way. Now, look, I understand if you're Joe Biden that you have to come out and act as if you're doing a good job because, you know, it's one of those things. Donald Trump said the same thing. If you don't say that you're doing a good job, who's going to say it for you? You got to come out and do it. But you can tell Joe Biden doesn't believe it. You could never tell that with Trump. I mean, if, if Trump didn't believe he was the greatest president of all time, you could never sense that from him. He was always very confident, at least with his uh, his uh, summary of his uh, of his four years. Joe Biden, he doesn't even believe it. And uh, to be fair, nobody does. Joe Biden doesn't believe it. Jill Biden doesn't believe it. No Bidens believe it. Nobody believes it. Everyone knows this has been a catastrophic failure since day one. Even the Democrats that I know. And, you know, I know a lot of them. And, you know, they say, look, I didn't like Donald Trump. And I probably won't like whatever, and DeSantis or whoever else runs next. Maybe it's Trump again. Who knows? But, look, they even acknowledge this isn't going well. They wish they had someone else, anyone else. That's the state of the affairs right now. And Joe Biden knows that, I think. Uh, He certainly doesn't believe the opposite. He knows how bad this is going. Let me give you a little sense of, and this is something that um, I don't know if we've talked about enough. Because it's not just catastrophic failure. It's a very specific type of failure. And let me start with the COVID thing since he mentioned it. Um, here are the, here's the graph of what we're looking at right now uh, as far as COVID cases. Now, cases are a somewhat useless metric other than the fact that we, are, we can kind of see the beginning of the downturn, perhaps. As the New York Times notes, there were some holiday delays in reporting data, which I've ranted on so many times on this show that it's almost impossible for me to do it again. But give me that chart one more time. What you see is a really big rise for Omicron. And then you see the little bitty top there. It looks like it's coming down a little bit. A classic brontosaurus pattern. It, it, you can tell that maybe it's starting to come down the other way. And, and, and it's not without belief here or, or reason. Um, you can see this in, in other metrics as well. Uh, this is cases per million you see in the, in the U.S., uh, the sort of downturn that's been happening. This is from Axios, this graph. But you also see the same pattern in the U.K. a little bit earlier and uh, in South Africa as well. So we are expecting to have a similar pattern here. That's what we expect to happen. We will see if it does. Um, as we've noted over and over and over again, we are beyond March of 2020. We are beyond any part of 2020. We're beyond even the winter of 2020 into the, into the uh, beginnings of 2021. This is a much different picture now. There are a lot of treatments you get to choose. Your basket of treatments, you pick whatever the hell you want. If you want to be vaccinated, you want to take pills, you want to drink turpentine, whatever you feel at this point uh, is going to cure your COVID or protect you from COVID, you have the freedom to do. And basically, the administration has uh, you know, wasted time harassing people to get vaccinated that don't want to get vaccinated instead of just saying like look we also have other options if you really don't like vaccination we don't think you're right let's just say that that's what they believe but you know what so what here's the other things here's the other things you can do 
we, that could have been their approach this whole time, probably would have saved some lives, never was really their interest. I don't think that was ever the top of the priority list, so I can understand why they weren't doing that. They wanted to get their talking point out there about how bad Republicans were. So they went with the berating them over the vaccine thing over actually trying to help the situation. This, I think, is pretty well founded in the data. But as we've seen, people can make their own choices. And if you choose it, let's just use the vaccine as an example. If you want to use the vaccine or perhaps have natural immunity, I think this would hold up in very similar fashions. What you see here in the data, this is from Switzerland. And as there's a couple things to note about this graph. Number one, even the unvaccinated rate is not particularly high. Your chances of dying of COVID if you get COVID are not particularly high. It's something we've talked about since the very beginning. However, a virus that spreads over a very large amount of people, even if your percentage chance of dying is not particularly high, adds up to a lot of people, which sucks. And a lot of people around here have been getting COVID and they've had bad experiences with it, um, just as far as being sick. Even if it's not hospitalization, it just sucks. You don't want to get it. But if you look at the other two categories, fully vaccinated with no booster or fully vaccinated with booster, your chances are better, at least according to the data uh, in Switzerland, because they basically monitor all of their citizens and give them no privacy. So we know everything about them. Uh, point is, uh, you have an option. And I want to I dive into not some evil right winger. I don't want to take quotes from Glenn Beck or The Blaze. I don't want to take quotes from any right wing publication. I want to tell you the state of the science according to the New York Times. This is not me. This is not some, it's not even National Review. It's not Breitbart, the New York Times. Here we go. Among 75-year-olds, the risk would be 1 in 264 for a typical woman and 1 in 133 for a typical man. Again, this country and this virus is anti-dude, and that's not cool. Uh, This is from a a calculator uh, from the UK. This is based on UK data, but it would hold up here. Um, Those are meaningful risks but they are not larger than many other risks older people face. In the 2019 to 2020 flu season, about one out of 138 Americans 65 and older who had flu symptoms died from them, according to the CDC. So what does that mean exactly? And I want to give you this quote, because remember how controversial saying something like this was at one point during this pandemic. Quote from The New York Times, the available evidence suggests that Omicron is less threatening, less threatening to a vaccinated person than a normal flu. What are we doing here? At the beginning, people said, oh, this is just the flu. And it wasn't just the flu at the beginning. It wasn't in March of 2020. It's different now. Things have changed. We've developed treatments. We've learned more about the virus. The virus has become less virulent with Omicron. There are a lot of different factors playing into this, but the bottom line is you don't apply what turned out to be somewhat bad uh, uh, options and restrictions on people in March 2020 and continue to apply them in a totally different situation when, as the New York Times states, it's less threatening to a vaccinated person than the average flu. Think about that. Think of the trouble people got in back in 2020 for saying just that. Now the New York Times is telling it to you. So here we are now on the back end of a rise of Omicron. We are seeing now the beginnings of a fall of Omicron, a a, a virus that is affecting people and doing less damage for many of them than the average flu. And what do we get from Joe Biden now, today? 
Joe Biden is about to pass out 400 million N95 masks. Now, approximately six months ago, I did a show on this very network in which I said one of the big problems, one of the big conflicts between people who are um, less favorable towards restrictions, usually on the right, or more favorable toward restrictions, usually on the left. The problem with this dynamic is that the people on the left who, yes, I will think are insane, but let's take their position for a second. They think they're being infected by all you slack-jawed yokels who won't wear masks, all those really effective cloth masks. We remember this debate, right? So somebody on the left who's all vaccinated and all boosted is all scared because Cletus won't uh, put a mask on, and that could affect them. And the problem with that dynamic is people are not able to protect themselves under this situation. So what could we have done to solve that problem? You're never going to get all the slack-jawed yokels to put on their masks. So what are you going to do? Well, you could have promoted N95 masks and said, you know what? The cloth masks don't really do anything. Use an N95 because the N95 mask, when worn appropriately, actually can protect you. It's not about you protecting others with your mask, like the cloth masks supposedly were. Instead, you get to protect yourself or give a meaningful protection toward yourself so that people who don't want to wear masks and take the risks, they can do that. People who want to wear masks and want to be double and triple and quadruple protected can do that. That should have solved our problems. That was six months ago. I was doing that on this show. Now Joe Biden's like, you know what we should do? Start giving out N95 masks. In, in, in January of 2022, you thought of that? Same thing. And by the way, you want to see the masks that they're giving? Here they are. These are the, these are the ones that went to school. <laughs> New York schools. Uh, they, that is not an N95 mask. If you have that, you got scammed from somebody in China. That's not an N95 mask. I don't think that's doing any protection for you. The giant ear holes. I don't know who. Dumbo would barely fit into that thing. Um, also, um, and that's, by the way, they recalled 250,000 masks. We're also getting 500 million to a billion tests that you can order for free online and get them sent to your house. Now, did you not think we needed coronavirus te- virus tests when you got into office? Now? And this is such a common pattern among Biden. He's delayed to react, and then he overreacts. Now that we're on the other side of Omicron, we're getting 500 million tests, and we're getting 400 million masks. Now? After it's going to be a it's these things are going to arrive after the wave. This makes no sense. And it's been common throughout his administration, Uh, obviously, with covid, as we're discussing today, Afghanistan. He he was slow to react to the realities in Afghanistan and then overreacted, pulled everybody out. Maybe, I don't know, be proactive and pull out the citizens before you pull the troops out. Maybe. Russia and Ukraine, it's going on now. He's late to the game. This has been a buildup for months and months and months. What have they done? Now, all of a sudden, he's yelling and screaming from the top of the mountain that Vladimir Putin might go in there. Well, this has been on the table for everybody else for months and months and months. What have you done? Inflation. Over and over again, we kept saying this was a big problem, and they kept saying, you know what? It's transitory, you morons. Read read some books. And we said, we've been reading some books and we've been looking at some charts and we think this is a bad outcome. Well, now we know it is a bad outcome. We know how bad this uh, this is. And he continues to come out here and try out the same excuses and then wants to spend us into oblivion to solve it late. Instead of trying to get ahead of it, he's trying to spend our way out of it. The supply chain. 
The supply chain stuff was building up for a while. We knew this was coming. We knew this stuff was coming. And what was his his solution to open up one port 24 hours a day that did absolutely nothing? Things are as bad as they've ever been on the supply chain. I've had an order in for a car for four months. No, coming up on five months. Five months. Aren't you supposed to get, don't they want my money? I want to hand you a large stack of money for an automobile. And it's been five months. This is insanity. And it's constant with Biden. He's delayed to figure out what the problem is. And then he becomes reactive to it instead of proactive to it. He just overreacts after the fact. And if that's the sort of president you want, you can have it. You've got one right now. You've got a guy who bumbles around, doesn't ever know what's coming. Everything's a magical surprise to him. Just like the Frisbee to the head. That is the Joe Biden presidency. I'd like to welcome a new but uh, an old advertiser as well to our show, Palm Beach Letter. Uh, Tika Tiwari, uh, we've had him on the show on radio a bunch of times, and he's been talking about blockchain for years and years and years and years. And back in the day, people called him crazy, and they didn't understand uh, you know, what kind of groundbreaking technology uh, blockchain was. Uh, Tika uh, has been around. He's seen this before. Um, he watched. He, helped people make tons of money in the rise back in 2017. And I remember him coming back on and doing a big special with Glenn uh, after that. Uh, there was a drop off there and he started talking about crazy things like $40,000 Bitcoin. And we we're at like, I don't know, seven or 8,000 at the time. And I was, I remember thinking, geez, I mean, that's a really strong prediction. And then here we are. We're above 40,000 now. We went as high as, what, 69,000? And there's really, I think, bright future for this technology going forward as well. Uh, we've seen Bitcoin and many altcoins recently touching all-time highs. The crypto market, we're talking like $3 trillion asset class and only going to grow from here. Uh, you don't have to take a lot of money uh, to get involved in this. You can invest small amounts, but it's important to get some part of your portfolio in Bitcoin or another uh, altcoin, whichever one you believe in. Uh, do your own research and, and help. Uh, you can help that research along with Tika Tawari. His Palm Beach letter is now available at BigTReport.com for Tika Tawari. BigTReport.com. Check it out. BigTReport.com. I'm joined in studio this time by Glenn Beck, who has a new special premiering tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, with no commercial interruptions. Of course, I'm talking about the Great Reset, Joe Biden, and the rise of 21st century fascism based on the best-selling book of the same name, which I hold right here and is a very rare thing to Very have. rare copy. It's very hard to find this book. This is the worst situation <laughs> we've ever been in. Well... I, I, I'm gonna well, I guess it would be worse if yeah. we had hun hundreds and hundreds of thousands of copies and no one wanted to buy it. Right. That would be worse. That would be worse. This but is a, It's pretty hard to find right now. Very hard. Uh, in fact, basically impossible at this point. Uh, you can get it on Kindle, though, so uh, do that. For, before we get into the special tonight, how does it feel? I mean, this is like it's the biggest book in the country. Yeah, you know, it's actually really exciting. Not the book part, but what we've witnessed on the last few days on the show, mm. how there are people that learned about it from us, went and did their own homework. New Hampshire meeting today about stopping the Great Reset uh, in the banking system. 
We talked to the state treasurer of West Virginia. They're doing the same. Texas appears to be doing the same. Uh, 15 other states, I don't have the list yet, but I just heard 15 other states are now starting to move towards stopping the Great Reset. That's <laughs> phenomenal. It's a big deal. That's a big deal. And it feels like people are waking up to this. It feels like it's the right book at the right time. It is the, um, I think, Stu, you know, I think I said this the first day it came out. Remember when I was talking about Woodrow Wilson and everybody's like, the hell are you talking about Woodrow Wilson <laughs> right. for? You remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. And I said, once you understand the progressive era, you'll understand everything. Well, the progressive era does not explain what's happening now. It's in a different phase. I think around 2015 or so, I said, the progressive era is over. It's as far as it can go. It's now going to come something else. I don't know what it is, but it's this. This is the Rosetta Stone that all of a sudden unlocks everything. If you maybe have heard you talk about it once or twice, but don't really know much about the Great Reset, can you get into this book? Do you think, is that, is oh, that yeah. why you designed it this way? Like, do you, does it oh, take yeah, yeah, people yeah. to zero to 60? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It starts, the first chapter is, here's what life's like in 2030. You do nothing. Here's what life is like. Uh, and 2030 is not far. I know. It's really I know. close. I know. And it's, I think, a lighter version of where we will be um, at that time. Um, but, but I wanted to explain this is how your food is ex is affected. Mm. This is how your job is affected. This is how your children's future and schools are affected. And try to paint the picture of this is what it is. And you're being monitored all the time. And there are no-go zones for you. And depending on who you are, what you believe, what you say, who your friends are, where you work... You are forever cast on that course. Yeah, it's interesting, too. Like, that does seem like it's really close. It's only eight years away. But if you think about a book like this written about the iPhone eight years before the iPhone, no one would believe. No one would have believed you're going to be on it all the time. All your communications are going to go through it. All your movies you're watching are going to be on it. No one would have believed that. And that was only eight years. This is a much bigger plan that obviously brings a lot of negative consequences, but things can change this fast. Stu, do you remember us on the air what, two and a half years ago saying, we'll never, can you imagine doing what China's doing to people, locking them in their houses yeah. and telling them, okay. okay? That happened in months, weeks. Months, yeah. I mean, from the time we were absolutely sure that would never happen, it was three months to the summer where it was happening at first, you know, 15 days, we're like, OK, uh, it makes sense. I don't really know what it is. But by the summer, we were told exactly what to do and that you could protest on the streets if you were doing BLM, <laughs> but you couldn't protest the mask mandates or anything else. You would have never predicted that. So if someone can't get a hold of the book, which is super common right now, uh, maybe doesn't have Kindle and, and yeah. doesn't want to read it that way. Is tonight's special? Talking the Osh, Amish? <laughs> yes, I'm talking about <laughs> Amish people. Yeah. Um, is the tonight's special the, the, the right on ramp? Yeah, I think. I mean, it's for anybody who's read it, knows pieces of it, or knows nothing. This, this was um, put together, uh, it's about 7,000 words as opposed to what, 65,000 words. Um, and it was put to. Um, uh, as a standalone gateway drug. This is what you have to know. Generally speaking, this is what it is. 
And this is what how it kind of works. Then Friday, I'm doing a special um, that will be the 11 things you have to do to stop it. 11 things. But I'm so optimistic. I mean, when we were writing this, were you in any of the writing meetings where where Justin and I were talking and 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 we struggled because we're like, there's no way to stop this. There's no way. Mm -hmm. It's way too big. And we we were just so suicidal going through it. And then at one point I said, well, we've got to have we have to have solutions and they have to be real. And we worked so hard on the solutions. I feel exactly the opposite now that it's in the hands of people and they're starting to go, oh, my gosh, that explains everything. Stop. Full stop. That's all that's required. Hmm. Uh, Let me drill down into one of your solutions in the book, which is you have a bunch of really interesting ones that can make a difference. One of the one of the kind of quirkier ones. And it, it kind of is on the back of, of one of my favorite stories in American history, which is this the 27th Amendment, where there was this, the, the initial Second Amendment was not about guns. It had to do with payment to Congress, basically. They can't vote their own pay raises in, was basically what it was. And most of the states went along with it back in the day, but it didn't get enough, didn't get three quarters of the states to pass. So in the 90s, some guy who was like at a college, I think in Texas, like went through the history and realized it was really close to getting over the finish line and started talking about it, wrote a thesis about it, got all made people aware of it. And eventually it actually passed. It's the last amendment that passed in the United States, the 27th Amendment. There's another amendment, though, in that group, which was um, uh, Amendment the First, which talked about congressional district size, where. Right now, we have a House of 435 members, and they represent more and more people all the time because the population grows. That's not how it was set up initially. No. In fact, Jefferson and uh, Madison had an had a interesting conversation, I think, 20 years after the, after the declaration was, was signed, that they said that had to be redressed. Mm. Um, and what it was was that it would all be in blocks yeah. There would be no snaking of districts. It was, I don't remember the number, but... Between 30 and 50,000, I think, yeah. people. And it was, it was this number of people mm-hmm. in a square block. Mm-hmm. And when that came too big, uh, you know, too, too many people in it, they cut it in half. Mm. And it was never snaked. That's, we are so divided because they snake us apart. They're looking for ways to pit us against the people we live right next door to. Yeah. So that's how you get the extremists. And that's what our system was trying to prevent were extremists. And, and we have them now. So all we have to do really is return to principles, okay? Um, return to the truth, but also know they're terrified of you. They're terrified terrified of you. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit um, on the radio show today because we talked to the guy from West Virginia and you kept making bring up this point that uh, we actually lead the government. It's not the other way around. And I, I think so often we are in that mindset of like the government's doing this to us and we can't do anything about it. But in reality, they're reacting to us, right? Like we 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 lead the government. They don't lead us. If we had said no to mass mandates and everything else, we wouldn't have done them. 
and, we did them. And I think you could argue that's what happened eventually. Because, yeah, they might be in place in a lot of places, but if people aren't listening to them, what does it matter if they're in Correct. place? Correct. We've, we've, we've told them we're not going to live like this. We're going to, Texas, we're just, we're going to live our lives. Yeah, Florida. Um, this is, um, I think, the key to understanding how powerful we are. And it's really weird, Stu. Isn't it weird that, I mean, we started the 912 Project, and it was, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. We surround them. Mm-hmm. And somehow or another, I, I lost that for a while. I mean, I just, I guess I forgot about it or, you know, we moved on to other ideas. No, that, that, that's the idea. We do surround them. There are many, many more. I, I've had two people um, in my office in the last two days who have come by to talk to me about different things. Um, and both of them, separately, both of them, live in San Francisco. Neither of them know each other. Mm. Both of them were liberals. Still would say, I am a liberal, but they've gone nuts. Yeah. Okay? There is so much in common now with the average person because you're seeing, it's not like we're going to reimagine the police department. It's going to be great. Really? As we now see, it's not so great. Mm. Um, We're going to, we're going to, we're going to reimagine homelessness. Really? Because they're crapping on the street now. Uh, We're going to reimagine, you know, uh, Martin Luther King and what it means to protest. Really? Because that's getting people killed and then cities burned. We know the results. We know the results. Once you start to see the results, it's one thing to say, I got a better way. Okay, let's try it. We have. Now, people, if we're smart, if we're smart, and we open our eyes and open our arms to people who have voted differently than us in the past, and we say, you don't believe in this stuff either. Come on, you don't. Uh, these things that you talk about in the books, uh, a book is, is much bigger than politics. But look, can we go there for just a second? Yeah. Because uh, it does appear that the Democrats are absolutely terrified as to what's coming here in November. I mean, they are recognizing. Excellent. Out of re- I, they, I have, they have hit complete desperation. I mean, this Voting Rights Act was an act of a completely desperate party that has no idea how to stop one of the biggest landslide elections I think we're going to see in a while. If things don't change, it can always change. There's a lot of time. Republicans can screw it up. There's a lot of things that can happen. But the Democrats are seeing the writing on the wall. I think so. I hope so. I know that's the reality Mm -hmm. of America. How is that going to translate on Election Day? I don't know. But that's the reality today. They are out of touch. you know, these two guys, with both of them told me, I used to read the New York Times every day, every day. The last guy yesterday told me, I read it every day because my dad read it every day. Sure. And we would talk to each other. He said, my dad's in his 80s. He still reads it. I talk to him now and say, how can you read that, dad? It's lies. It's mm-hmm. all lies. They don't agree with me necessarily, but we agree on, on certain Principles and those principles, I really think, Stu, are. I love America. I love America. I don't love everything that we do. I, I'm not in love with all of our past. I, you know, I think we can be a lot better than we are. We got a lot of growing to do, but it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. And you know, if we want to put some new paint on it, great. You know, we want to, you know, take the. Dogs that have been tearing up the the garden and, you know, maybe put them in a kennel. 
okay, mm -hmm. but I don't want to fundamentally transform everything. People, we have moved away from our, the core of who we are as people. It's, it's, almost, it's not just anti-American, it's almost anti-human. It goes against every law of nature and man to do what they're doing. It's not going to last. Hmm. They're rejecting it. I think that's really happening. Big time. Um, it's an important book and an important special tonight. Glenn Beck. It's a real book copy, too. This isn't wow. one of the fake that ones that we put there. That does not exist. No, I know. They're very rare. hard to find, and I'm keeping this one, and you mm. can't have it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Glenn Beck's new book, um, uh, Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism, and the special is tonight. It's brand new, 9 p.m. Eastern, commercial free, right, Glenn? Yep, commercial free. So Don't a lot. miss it. Yeah. Tell a friend. You ha if you ha can't get the book, please watch the special and tell as many friends as you can. Yeah, big chalkboard, 60 minutes, commercial free, blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. You'll save uh, 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Glenn, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Well, if you love the book, you'll love the real estate company. That's right. Glenn Beck wrote a book and also years ago developed a real estate, uh, I mean, I don't know, realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a company that is designed to sort through real estate agents and pick the best ones in your area. And that makes a lot of sense. I think people typically just go with who they know, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, somebody who's got an ad, maybe posted. Or I think one thing people are really guilty of is, is going to a listing of a house they like and then just clicking yep. the agent under it, right? right. Which is... Not good. It's the reverse of what you it want to do, right? That's good. their agent. Yes, like, you want an agent good. on your side. <laughs> right. I don't know. That's what I used to do. Yeah. Realestateagentsitrust.com is what you should be doing now. You can get more information, especially in a market like this where prices are crazy. You need to nail this uh, transaction. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. There's kind of a fun dynamic with the filibuster bill um, or the filibuster rule change, I guess, that's going on with the voting rights bill in the Senate, which is all of the Democrats who are out there talking about how they have to change the filibuster and get rid of it because this Voting Rights Act is so, so ultra, ultra important, are all on record saying they oppose the filibuster going away when it would have hurt them. So Joe Manchin has been asked about this and he has a pretty good answer to it. Um, he says, um, I've been very clear about that. I just don't know um, how you break a rule to make a rule. The majority of my colleagues in the Democratic caucus, they've changed their mind. I respect that. I haven't. I hope they respect that, too. I've never changed my mind on the filibuster. Yeah, of course, the problem is the other you know, the rest of his Democrat friends have. Uh, they're going to vote supposedly on changing this rule basically to turn it into a talking filibuster. So you have to fill the time rather than just being able to block the vote. Um, this, by all um, appearances, is going to fail and fail miserably and give Joe Biden yet another failure on his record. Um, another failure on the media's record this week as well, as there was a big story. Uh, I think, did we talk about it? I can't remember if we talked about it, maybe briefly, uh, that there was a rumor or a story that came out that said uh, that Neil Gorsuch would not take his mask off because even though Sotomayor had diabetes and wanted uh, him to put his mask on to protect her from the diabetes uh, engaged uh, COVID. And then uh, Chief Justice Roberts was yelling at Gorsuch saying, put your darn mask on. Well, uh, it's not true at all. In fact, 
all three of them came out publicly and said, yeah, your dumb story, not true. Um, Sotomayor and Gorsuch actually went to the very strange, uh, we live in weird times, man, the very strange step of releasing a joint statement saying, yeah, no, this isn't true at all. They said it surprised them and they said it was false. Chief Justice Roberts also said his part of the story, asking Gorsuch to put a mask on, was also false. A complete and utter media failure yet again. This keeps happening over and over and over again. Where do these stories even come from? I mean, I, I've worked in enough newsrooms to know there are, there's a mix of people in a mainstream uh, newsroom. Some of them are, you know, people just trying to do their jobs and are kind of liberal and just happen to never really notice uh, when they're constantly erring on the side of the, of the left. But the, there's also the activist types and people that maybe make up stories, maybe rely on sources they know are not telling them the truth, or at least are very shady and they shouldn't believe. I don't know which one of these uh, it was, but I think for this story, it's going to have to be somebody who's intentionally abandoning journalistic ethics. Because w- w- wouldn't you question the source? Would you not try to get confirmation from the court? What, what, what's going on here? It really is ridiculous. Um, also, we have Nancy Pelosi update. Pelosi, uh, if you may, you may not, may not have heard this, uh, but Nancy Pelosi sucks. Pen.com. Uh, Nancy Pelosi sucks. Pen.com. In fact, they are in stock right now. Nancy Pelosi sucks. Pen.com. She does suck, and she sucks in a big way right now, as she's trying to prevent a bill from going through Congress that would prevent Congress people from investing in stocks, particularly in individual stocks. Uh, that they may have inside information on. Now, if you go back a little time in past, or, or in the past, our friend Peter Schweizer uh, outed this practice a long time ago, that Congress people would know a particular vote was coming or a particular rule was coming and just dump money into stocks or take it out of stocks so they could personally profit off of the information that they had. It's insider trading for everyone else. It was legal for Congress. Peter Schweizer wrote a book about it, uh, got the rule changed, which is pretty amazing. He's got a new book, by the way, coming out. I think it's next week, uh, including a lot of stuff that he found in the Hunter Biden laptop uh, with China. It's going to be a a huge blockbuster. We'll, I'm sure, talk to him as it comes out. Um, But all of this goes down. And Nancy Pelosi, of course, is... Uh, you know, yes, is, she, is Nancy Pelosi in it for, for the power? Sure. But she's also in it for the money. She needs her Jenny's ice cream. She needs all 14 flavors. She needs three f- freezers full of it. And it's expensive. You know, I went and I bought all the flavors of Jenny's ice cream on this show to prove a point, not because I wanted to eat ice cream at work. And uh, it cost a lot. It cost Glenn a lot of money. You know, I felt really bad for him. It was hundreds and hundreds of dollars of ice cream. And, uh, you know, I wish we didn't have to prove the point, but we did. So I had to buy all of it. By the way, Jenny's ice cream, the one thing I will agree with Nancy Pelosi on, it's pretty freaking good. It's also $9 a pint. So it's pretty expensive. Anyway, so Nancy wants to make her money, and she is now trying to keep this this uh, vote away. And, and the idea is basically she would not be able to uh, profit off of her investments. She thinks they should be able to. At the very least, it should go through a blind trust. They should not have any input on what happens here. Uh, 67% of Americans oppose Nancy on this. She's still fighting it because, you know, she wants her ice cream. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com.
Let's just say you happen to be the type of person who has 14 flavors of uh, Jenny's ice cream in your freezers, and you're thinking to yourself, maybe a little less ice cream would help me get to my New Year's resolution of dropping a few pounds. Well, Built Bar is here to save the day. They've got so many flavors. There's something for everyone. They've got amazing options like coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and so many more. And if you can't pick a flavor right off the bat, get the mix box. You know, I wish this is like the type of thing that it's like Nancy Pelosi's freezer, but for protein bars. All the flavors are right there for you. You get all nine of them. Uh, They're very low in calories, very high in protein. They'll fill you up. They're delicious. And they don't taste like normal protein bars. They're good. Built.com is the place to go to get these things. Use the promo code STU15. Save 15% off your first order. The promo code STU15 for 15% off at Built.com. Promo code STU15. Make sure to rate and review the program. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars on the podcast platforms. You can also watch every show on the YouTubes. That's right. YouTube.com slash Stew Does America. Subscribe. I would appreciate it. I like when the number goes up. It makes me happy. Uh, Click the bell as well. You'll get uh, the alerts for the show. This one comes in. uh, Seems my ratings of the show are unchanged. Five stars and a heart. Oh, thank you. Luigi. Um, We got this one as well. Stu, we demand the Cuomos are gone and Stu Does America got rid of the Cuomos merchandise. Yes, I like this idea. I mean, honestly, how are these not already a thing? It's a great point. Um, You can go to Stu Does Merch. We do have Cuomo stuff up there, but not that. It's a good idea, though, though. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. I wonder how that would sell. You know. Put in an order for 5,000 of them, and we'll get started. Um, this one comes in as well on YouTube. Love that there's a, uh, love the here's what happened segment so much, I start grinning as soon as the logo comes up. The people at my gym are always want to know what's got me chuckling. Well, first of all, we're very popular uh, uh, in gyms, uh, obviously, just from a physical fitness perspective. People see me. They think fitness. They go to the gym. A lot of people are listening to the podcast at the gym. And I will say, If you've never heard the So Here's What Happened segment, it's coming up next. And today, we've got a doozy. BlazeTV.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. Go there. Save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. And when you put the promo code stew in there, not only do you save the cash, but that's how they know you like this stupid show. Both benefits. Save money. Tell them you like the show. We do appreciate it. You'll get access as well to tonight's special with Glenn Beck, The Great Reset, uh, The Rise of 21st Century Fascism. Uh, That's going to be tonight commercial-free. Do not miss it. It comes up in like one minute. Don't go anywhere. Okay. So here's what happened. A bunch of Italian lawmakers are together, and they're doing a conference, a Zoom call. on. uh, It was a discussion of data transparency in political decision-making which sounds like literally the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Now, I might like it, but generally speaking, people would be bored by such a thing. And it goes on for a half an hour, really uneventful, and they decide they're going to bring up this guy, and they're introducing Giorgio Parisi. He's one of last year's Nobel Prize winner in physics. So as they're introducing him, a little something happens. They start playing porn. Uh, Not just any porn, by the way, on the screen. Uh, Some, like, 3D animated porn of Final Fantasy VII. Um, Okay, so that starts streaming. They just keep talking. At first, don't realize it. It goes on and on and on. There's animated porn on the screen with the Nobel Prize winner. 
And to add insult to injury, it not only goes over the Zoom call, but it also goes over their equivalent of C-SPAN. So Italian C-SPAN, a lot more exciting than American C-SPAN. We'll see you tomorrow.